then Skylight came next. And again, uh, you guys have a different style. Um, and I would say that one was more danceable R&B type music. So uh, what was happening then? I mean, did you feel like um, after the peak of, of Call Me in that album and the next one didn't do quite as well, uh, were you sort of at a bit of a crossroads creatively? Of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Right. right. You don't like us anymore? <laughs> call me. Come on. <laughs> but you can't do another call me. So you still, right. So right. You still have to, you know, you have to be true to what you feel and 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 uh, hit or miss. You know, you, you and then what the, label, like the what, what the label. No, no, well, that's that not that's no. coming. Oh, that's coming. Next. That's, okay. that's, that's getting ready to come next. Yeah, that's getting ready to really drop the bomb on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, again, it was a it was a time when when um, you can't you, we we couldn't just do exactly what we feel. We were trying to you know second guess what was going on as well as 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 doing what was uh, was was true to us at the time. And again. You, a lot of times when you do these things, it doesn't always connect, or it the the fans it, uh, expect something else, and you give them uh, you didn't uh, you give don't give them what they expect, and the record company isn't really uh, full heartedly behind this and say, well, we're not going to really push this. So it it, it came it, it came to a point where you know we were seeing. That there, it was a, a, a change in climate at the at the company, wow. at the record company, a change in, in taste uh, with, with our audience, and uh, at that time, after that, we, we knew it was it was time to make a, a change, change, another, another change. change. Yeah, so I think you just did after that was was a one more record for Salso, and then Salso uh, went out. Yeah, so Salso itself went out of business, right? Yeah. So, right. Um, it was, was, that, was that traumatic? Traumatic for you guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, not a, you know, it's it's part of the business. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you, you, it, I don't. For me, it, it was just okay. That was over. It's now time to start something else. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if I think I was I was very nervous about the whole thing myself because then, just when you started to kind of get comfortable with this thing that you're doing, um. And and again, we I don't I want to speak for me and my sisters. We weren't as business savvy as far as the record, right. you know, dealings with the with the record company and the, and the label and all that stuff. So so this sort of came out of, a little bit out of the blue for us. Like, what do you, what you mean? Going the record company is going out of business. You know what I mean? So it was a bit of a shock for us. Um, but as we always had, we kind of relied on Randy and Saul to. Negotiate and navigate that that aspect of things. So we just, and then yeah. we had a good relationship with everyone who worked at Salso. So for them to just all of a sudden go out of business and you go, huh? And so, like Denise said, we had to rely on Saul and Randy to navigate and pull us through that stressful time as to okay. What's, What's going to be next? Right. What's next? Yeah. So for the uh, audience, that was like around 1985, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how important? You know, I know it's a business, and you got to sell records and make money. But how important to you was having 
hits versus feeling creatively fulfilled? You know, how did you sort of balance and have that in your minds? I wanted both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted both. You know, uh, being creative, you want to communicate with as many people as possible. Being successful validates that you that your, your creativity, you know, uh, did communicate what she was trying to communicate. Uh, uh, there's times when 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 we did stuff that wasn't all that great. Everything mm -hmm. I did wasn't great. I knew that. <laughs> but the, really, no. <laughs> <laughs> but there was this is on tape now. <laughs> I know, I know. Are we trying to keep it real here. Really I'll, I'll repeat that. Everything <laughs> I did was not great. And, and everything I'll do in the future won't be great. <laughs> but there's going to be really great stuff happening <laughs> soon. That's a great one to hear. But, um, uh, it, I didn't. We didn't always feel that we got support with some of the stuff that we did, and, and to them it was dollars and cents. They added up. Does this make this make business sense? Is this going to happen? And and you either support it or you don't support it. So uh, it, I understood more of the business of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't take it as personal as I as I could have, and then just move on. Yeah. And, so you can keep dancing. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. That's what you're doing. Right. You gotta be resilient and have a thick skin, right? That's, that's right. right. You're not as good as they say you are, and you're not as bad right. as they say you are. So you're somewhere in the middle. And as you were saying earlier, you gotta be grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. And I think that's what's kept us uh still doing it. You know what I mean? We we understand like Saul said, we're, you know, we're not the greatest. We're not big. We're not getting the, you know, the super accolades, but we really enjoy what, what we, we do. We like what we do and we think we're talented at what we do. And there's a segment of folks out there that feel the same way. So th that's the audience to whom we play. So, you know, we've talked about a lot of the hits and there's still a couple of hits that came later that I'll touch on, but were there any uh, songs for, for you, each of you, that happen to be your 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 favorite and why and also is there anything that maybe is sort of like a hidden gem somewhere in there that you think fans maybe should go seek out and they you know could kind of discover it i love love is blind by denise sings the leader i don't know why they didn't release that song as as uh, as a single is you know it it just showcased her voice so well and the song you know i feel it I didn't write it. I wrote it. It's probably but, the only song so, right. written by some people other than Solomon and Randy, but Tommy. my sister and, and, oh, and Tommy, Tommy, right? Tommy, those were those guys were the major writers, but it was the one song that and Gerald and Gerald, right? <laughs> yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie and and I and wrote she, together, and right. of course with the help of the band to kind of because back then I used to kind of play around. I could I could play enough of the keyboard to tell you which chords it needed right. to have. But I really owe it to the band to for it, you know really it creating it, as, it. A, as a real song. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think my, my favorite song is was up and over. Um, it just to me just it, it's like an anthem to me um, um, because it was toward the, toward the end of sky and the sky the whole sky thing. And, you know, it was on the last album, yeah. right? I know you're gonna get to that, but. If I'm gonna say which song probably had the most meaning to me, it would have to be Up and Over. 
And I would have to say, Denise is going to really forget what I would have to say what, what I feel is a hidden gem is love logical. That oh. I her, <laughs> and I believe it was Butcher. Was it no, we no, didn't write no, Love no, Logical. No, Randy, Randy, Randy wrote Love. I, I think it's the beat. Because I, I love anything with a bass beat. And I think it was, it really showcased Gerald's ability to play that bass. And so that's what it was, I say it's him. What's yours? Um, did we lose him? We lost him. Uh -oh. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, we, oh, we just can't see, see, see you. Oh, okay. Well, it's all good on my end still. So. Okay. Then okay. We'll, so we'll, we'll just keep, keep going. going. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. My favorite. Um. Hmm. My hidden gem is Bad Boy. That to, that song to me is is like so intense. My favorite tune is of course when you touch me because there was a lot of things that were going on in my life at that moment in time. But then my other favorite is also, oh, he can hear us. He can hear us. Yeah, I know he can that hear us, he can't see us. Um, That's good. Oh, it, it was, Scott, oh, can you oh. see us? Yeah, we're good. Oh, okay, why would we miss you? Well, let me just say, I hate to interrupt her flow, but, um, Sometimes if the signal drops a little bit, right, uh, you might lose the video, and okay. you'll see like you'll see like an icon. Yes. And, yes. and then the video usually will come back at some point. Okay. Um, my other hidden gem is uh, in slow motion that the keyboard player Wayne Willens wrote, and that was like a very jazzy tune that we never, you know, never went anywhere other than I know there's a select few people that really, really love this song, and for me, that was one of my favorite students because I know that. You know, I sat with Wayne and, and played the song, and it, it was amazing. Just, you know, that's how my personal issue is. Wow. Well, we'll have to definitely give those closer listens, I think. Um, and I'm going to say one more, which I did have a hand in writing also. Now that we found love. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. Again. Again. again <laughs> Want to be with you. <laughs> Longest time ever. <laughs> Hey, uh, Solomon, scoot in a little bit. You're getting off camera there. Oh. There you go. All right. Perfect. Um, all right. So you moved to uh, a Capital, 86, it looks like, first record. And so I think Randy had a relationship there. Is that what kind of helped that out? That's what, <laughs> that's that's what moved that truck, right? Yeah. Drove that we had a relationship, and uh, he went in and made the deal. We made the album. It wasn't what they thought it would be. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> Quick story, right? You got to step into the round Capitol building, hopefully, at some point. No. no actually, we did not. We did. never saw the inside no, of the building. No, no. Wow. Well, so. Uh, an uneventful relationship, right, I guess exactly. you could say. Well, what is it they were looking for? Who knows? <laughs> Probably call me. Yeah, they probably wanted to second call me. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, so uh, that's it for Capital. But you guys had sort of a hiatus. It took a few years for you to come back with a record on Atlantic. What transpired during that time? That's where your, your day job Draw transpires. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a recurring theme in my life, but I think I actually did have a permanent job during that time. Mm -hmm. And then I guess they, those guys yeah, were right. at the drawing board yeah, as well. Right. Solomon and Randy were really at the drawing board, um, kind of redefining and 
and retooling uh, everything that we've been doing uh, up until then, and also trying to figure out what the next best home was going to be uh, oh, right. for for Scott. Mm -hmm. And in terms of record right. company, it came back. So you went back into the basement laboratory. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, yes. that's what happens. <laughs> Seven days a week in the basement yes. until we figured out, you know, this is where the sky needs to go, and this is what sky needs to sound like. Well, again, music was changing again so much. Hip hop was becoming big, and yeah. uh, electronic dance music was becoming big and crossing over to pop. So you guys came up with uh, Start of a Romance in 89 and also i wanted to ask i think you you went with sky in the names of the records for maybe like seven of them and then you stopped having sky in the names of the albums was that a, a conscious move or did you feel like you ran out of ways to have sky in the name or what happened it was no we could have went on and on with yeah, sky names but it was conscious we evolved you know at the, at this point in time we thought, you know, we were now at a different place and our name was already out there that we were Sky. So we wanted to, you know, stop that and start and, and titling the albums something that related to uh, the album as a whole. Well, I think all that uh, laboratory time and work in the basement definitely paid off because it was a very cohesive, uh, current sounding record. And uh, you even had, um, you know, something like Sexy Minded had kind of a new, a new Jack Swing kind of influence, I would say, to it. It was funky. And, and of course, you had the number one uh, slow track, uh, Real Love. So what, what went into making that and how did you feel about its success and, and how it was received? Man, let me tell you, I loved that album. It was just like uh, a new a new branding of the sky sound from my perspective because all that writing was uh, was like grown up writing, you know what I mean? Like like um Start of a Romance was written by Tommy, correct? Yeah, yeah, Tommy, Tommy McConnell and Joe, Joe his friend Joe, Joe, Joe his name escapes. Joe the fireman. Joe the fireman. <laughs> <laughs> Because this is a long time ago, Scott, and we don't have anything in front of us to remind us of this stuff. But um, Start of a Romance, I just thought was like a very slick uh, sounding uh, um, uh, song. Um, and that ballad uh, yes. was just also very slick. I think it was the slickness of Sky sound at that point in time. You know, we, we had grown up for sure. And it was such real love came out to be such a good record. Uh, such a good record, and for us to have it, for it to hit like it did without a video, we were really yeah, shocked. And I mean, we were all working a little day job. Tanisha was working, everybody was working, and then saw we get in the basement and saw says we going back out, and we were like, what? Yeah. And and that record, Start of Romance and Real Love, took us right back out to the road. When we were recording uh, Real Love, when we talk about the basement. Uh, uh, my songs, I, I usually always demo them in the basement prior to going into the studio. And uh, Denise uh, came down to the basement after a day of working. And, and, <laughs> and I said, you know, we got this song, Real Love, and, and she quickly learned the lyrics and she 
and and she sung the heck out of the song and the demo turned out to be so good it was hard to go into the studio <laughs> and, and, and duplicate it the spontaneity everything that she felt about the song at, so that the when the record company uh they heard the demo they loved it and when they heard the the the, the, the uh studio version it, uh it didn't quite make it so we had to go back a second time into the, to, to record it again. And did we do it a third time? I'm not sure. I, I don't because, remember. Because at one time they were listening, really considering releasing the demo that I did in my basement. I mean, that was a serious conversation that they were having. This sounds like, you know, Money. this could be the <laughs> So. Well, it's a very emotional laden song. I mean, you know. It tells such an amazing story, you know. It tells a story, a progressive story, and so those are the kinds of songs that are kind of, I think, for me, are much easier to sing because I understand it. I can understand it after the first read, and if right. I can understand a song, then I can digest it and and then give give the song what it you know what it deserves, you know. So um, I mentioned "Real Love" was number one, but "Star of a Romance" was also a number one R and B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Unbelievable, two number ones. Solomon, what, what inspired uh, Real Love for you? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. As when I write, I sometimes uh, uh, write out of how, what I'm feeling at the time, or I write about how I'd like to feel. <laughs> and, 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 and at that time, I love that show. I've never heard I write when I'm feeling good and I write when I'm feeling bad and I want to get it all out. And then sometimes I write, you know, um, I really would like to feel like this. Right. And then that was one of the I would like to, to feel <laughs> like to feel, <laughs> like to feel moments. <laughs> and and then so uh as I was doing it, I said again, I'm trying to get a ballot that that everyone's gonna Agree with this, you know. Ballots for, for the record yeah. company was always a real touchy thing. Uh, Atlantic was more receptive to yes. it than, than yes. South Soul, yes. but you know, again, they wanted commercial. They wanted to be commercial as well as still being, you know, soulful and 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 still sound uh, like you know uh, R and B ish. Right. right. So um, I'm, I, I went there purposely to to to. to to the basement to, to, to write about it. And I said, I, got, I write about this feeling. This feeling would be really great if, if I was feeling this right now. <laughs> and, 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 I, and this is how I would feel if I was feeling this right, right. now. So that's kind of how real love came out. And I'm feeling that right now though. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's that song is still the, one of the most uh, talked about songs, yes. I think, uh, of, of any of the songs that we've ever done. And people, people love, love to hear real love. That's it. it. It's still alive and well. Yes. Well, I got to say, it must have felt like such a triumph. You know, I'm wondering if this uh, equal or even surpassed the thrill of, of what Call Me did to be able to, you know, lose your label, kind of wonder what's going on, go back to your day job, and then come back and have such a, a triumph with this record. Well, it was really, I think it was really, I think it was really a shock. I thought it was a shock for me. Mm -hmm. But for Saul to say, I mean, for we knew that they were the back riding. We knew, you know, that, that, that they were doing something that, 
in his basement or whatever. And then for him to say, uh, for us to go in the studio to do it, this album, and then him to say, we're going back out. And we were like, we're going back out because it was a span where we were home. And then to go back out with that album was really, it was really a shock. And I want to say, I think y'all kind of caught Atlantic at a good time because right. Sylvia had yeah. just gotten, Sylvia Rohn had, had just, just gotten appointed to that position, correct? Mm -hmm. As head of the label. And so they were kind of on, on board with board, right. the, the sounds, that, the things that we were bringing to them and they were behind it. They supported right. us, I believe. Uh, well enough to make sure that it got the distribution it deserved. So after that, though, it was another three years with no record. So what transpired between that success and then coming with Near to You in 1992? Touring, writing, right, and and and, and haggling. No. <laughs> well, the record company tried to feel confident that they, right. that, that they had what they felt that they could commit. Right. Uh, and uh, they also wanted to, you know, kind of hedge their bets by bringing in other uh, producers right. and writers. So uh, we went through that process, dealing, you know, working with other people, and we created some some great songs that yeah. I liked. Uh, uh, it, uh, at the end of it. I don't know if they felt they had what they really wanted mm -hmm. and, and decided not to you know, to go further with it, but um, it is what it is. Yes, and here we are. And I think that was some of our best work, actually, yes. vocally, actually. Mm -hmm. um, yes, for me and my sisters anyway. Um, I just felt that, that we worked really hard. At this point, we are not the same silly little girls coming into mm -hmm. a studio. Nope. Um, and not understanding what we're, you know, what it's all about when we got in there, we, we were bringing it vocally. Yes. Um, and so that I think was why, you know, the way things ultimately turned out became such a disappointment because we thought this was probably our best work, uh, yes. you know, mm -hmm. all of the time that we had been doing this. Yeah, so things had changed quite a bit in the record business from when you started out uh, in the late 70s with Sal Soul, and you're able to do a record every year and able to kind of you know keep it insular with your own people and then going through this whole thing i mean what a big change and, and the whole environment changed with how corporate the record business got at that time so did, did you guys get a little uh disenchanted by that well i i seem to remember um one meeting that I, cause I started to actually try to come to some of the, the meetings um, that they were having, the creative meetings that they were having at Atlantic. And I'll never forget coming to a meeting and um, I started to feel, that's when I started to feel like we were the dinosaurs. <laughs> cause a lot of the younger groups, the hip hop groups uh, were, were starting to, like you could see the, the Change. The change in our positioning on shows, you know what I mean, where we were we were headlining, now we were second or third to acts like uh, um, the hip-hop, you know, a lot of the hip-hop yeah. acts, you know what I mean? And I'll never forget, we were in a, a meeting, and there was a group called Madam X. Oh, yeah. Um, was out, uh, and I believe it was the girl in Climax, the drummer in Climax. Cooper, Cooper right? Yes, Bernard, Bernadette Cooper is her yeah. name. Yep. I think her act that was on the label, and we were talking about 
either outfits or something for an album. And I remember someone saying, well, why don't you guys just get stuff, something out of your closet? And yeah. we were like, what is this what we've come to here? You know, they didn't, they, you know, they started not wanting to put the funds into, you know, simple things like that, you know? And we had no videos, correct? No. We didn't have any videos on it. Started Romance was the last video we did, correct? Yeah. So they weren't even getting behind us with any kind of, you know, visual products. To, to push any of the stuff that we were doing after giving us such a such a time about bringing in new producers. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we had some <laughs> really, at the time, pretty hot guys. Um, I forget the name stuff. of the guys that did uh, um, Sky's the Limit. Yeah. Those guys were very well-known producers at that time. So they brought all of these people in, but then right. they sort of didn't get behind us with, the, with all of the other components of the stuff that we needed in order for that to, to make a real impact on the industry. And again, hip hop was coming in and the whole face of the industry was changing. Did, did you guys still have any of the musicians from early on besides uh, Solomon and Randy that were involved or were, were they all pretty much not working with you at that point? Well, Gerald, the whole band was still yeah, together. The band was still together. They were. Yes, yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, we had our like, third and final keyboard player. <laughs> the only people that were kind of different uh, over the years was the, was the uh, keyboard player. Basically. No, Tommy. Was Tommy was still, yeah, yeah, Tommy didn't leave until after start of the moment. So, um, yeah, we still had the same people, but also I think a, a, a lot of, they were not used, I don't think, as much in the studio yeah, they were. because just things were changing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Randy did a lot of the, the, the general instrumentation and using outside um, uh, producers, we didn't, they didn't use our band. A lot of that stuff was already recorded yeah, when we went in. It's a all too common story with so many of the great R&B bands, you know, they bring in too many chefs to the kitchen, they dilute what the great recipe was, you know, it's just a shame. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, it is what it is. Like a, even a beautiful flower, you know, it grows and then it dies. So, <laughs> and then you plant another one. Yeah, you get your seeds, you know, you gather the seeds and plant another one. It's We we were probably deeply disappointed, but yeah. not um, disillusioned. You know, we're still going to continue we to do defeated. what we did. Right. Not, that's the word, Benita. Defeated. Never defeated. So, I know you came back in the latter part of uh, the 90s with the Ladies of Sky. What, uh, Solomon, what did you do after the Atlantic deal fizzled? And ladies, what were you doing sort of before leading into Ladies of Sky? Well, they, they were looking at their children uh, for a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dolores and Bonnie uh, had, had two beautiful kids. And so now it was time for them to, you know, spend. Well, my child was um, well, he was bigger. Yeah, I'm just saying. But I mean, you were now able to spend you know, more time. We just stepped back. And, you know, and said, well, okay, let's just step back. You know, because we had worked for a long time out there on the road in music. I mean, like you said, it was a little disappointing because that's what we were used to. And then all of a sudden, they were still, they're still playing Sky Music, still playing Sky Music. And Austin said, why not Ladies of Sky? He said, why not? And so then we just all of a sudden 
That's right. We checked in with we the band in. to make sure oh, they were yeah. all okay with it. Okay with us um, doing, you know. And, 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 uh, I tell the audience who Austin is. Austin Kwame Wilkinson is my husband and our current business manager. And uh, an annoying. The, <laughs> the brother-in-law of these two, of course. Yeah, right. so, um, but yeah, but you know what? The, the, the interesting thing is because he's so steeped in the hip hop culture, because he's a little bit behind us in age. Um, he had a, a greater sense of, of value of our music, I think, in terms of how relevant it was indeed to hip hop um, and sort of gave us a new perspective in terms of looking at how our music continues to live on um, through through the hip hop genre. So, um, but but our main reason was exactly. they were still playing our records on the radio. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so if they're still playing it and people still love it, you know, why not, uh, still, why not still go out there and perform it? Yeah, yeah, give them what they want. That's yeah. exactly, yeah. What they need. Solomon, what were you up to? Oh, I, I decided to um, give the music business a little rest and I went into teaching and uh, done that for like about 23 years. And uh, during the later part of that, I started uh, taking some of my experience and decided to uh, teach a uh, production uh, music production class, and uh, I've done that, and, and some of the uh, students are coming up with maybe some of the future music that you'll be yeah. interviewing. Excellent. Bring it on. So, um, ladies, talk to me about the special relationship and bond that you've had with Randy and Solomon through these years. I mean, they were with you through it all, um, at least the the, the you know, records for sure. So what is that special bond? We're well, family. Yes. We're at shows. Right. So that's one of the things I think that has, that we always felt was, was um, important in terms of the group was the family atmosphere that we brought as sisters. Uh, we maintained that throughout all of the years that we were together. Um, we really love these guys. I mean, when you when you basically spend morning, noon, and night with individuals, when they've seen you at the lowest of the low, the highest of the high, we've been through family crisis. Yes, together. They had a couple of fires. I mean, just to name a few, they had a fire in their house. Yes. And who are the people that come running over yes. to help you? Solomon, Solomon the, the, guys the, the guys in the band. Ronald, our, our former role. Yes, and and so um, the music wasn't the only thing that bound us together. Um, and when we decided that we wanted to do Ladies of Sky, we talked to them about it. We let them know this is what we wanted to do. They were kind enough to make sure we had all the tools we needed in terms of the tracks. Um, because I think the promise that I always say, and I'm very proud of this, the promise that we made is that we will never call ourselves Sky. Right. We will call ourselves Ladies of Sky because Sky is everybody. And, and until we can put everybody back together, then that's what it's going to be. Um, and so we've had their blessing in terms of what we do. We have all the original tracks, which I'm not sure that half of the groups that are out here now doing track acts can say. Um, so we kind of have the, the the boys in the band 
Right. And, and our curses, you know what right. I mean? Exactly. So they're with us no matter what. So bring me up to uh, bring everybody up to up to date and up to speed. You know, what's the current status of Ladies of Sky? What's the current status of working together again, possibly? Where are we at? Well, my goodness, this year, you know, really? is going to be a, I think, stellar year performance-wise for the Ladies of Sky. It's as if, it's as if the promoters have woken up and realized that we're out here. Um, I want to say probably one of the few uh, old-school classic groups that have their original members. And we've got so many dates uh, lined up coming up for us this year. Um, we're going to be uh, in Green, Green Georgetown, Church. South Carolina on May 11th at the Howard Center. Um, on August 4th, we're doing a huge, huge festival. This is the thing I'm probably the most proud of. And here's my husband, Austin, what is with the flyer. Um, in, uh, on August 4th, we're going to be at the Anaheim Honda Center Funk Fest with Morris Day, the Barcays, Club Nouveau, the Daz Band, Confunction, Climax, M2 May, that's Tawatha AG, Evelyn Champagne King, whole other other artists. Probably the biggest show that we've done so far. Um, awesome, awesome lineup. Oh, it is a crazy lineup. And you know why we love it? It's because we've worked with most of those people before. Right. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we're also going to be doing some local things in New York. And there are some other tours that are being worked on that um, are, have not been solidified as yet. And the ongoing, um, how should I say? Um, bolster. Oh, we're doing Summer Stage this year also in New York. And, um, and you know, we're just continuing to try to strengthen the Ladies of Sky brand in any way that we can. You better watch. You might have to give up your day job again. Yeah. Oh, nice. that, that, that we shall that. see. <laughs> Any chance of any any party, Scott? You won't believe this, but we've been on those jobs for so long at this point that we've got days we can take right. off to do what we need to do in terms of our performances. So, and we yeah. we've come over here to Shaw's house, and and when we were sitting here uh, yesterday, and he's playing all the old stuff, all the old stuff, all the old tunes, and the first thing that I came out of my mouth was, "I said nobody can write for us but Saul. Nobody can write for us." But Saul. That would be solved. Yes. <laughs> any any chance of a uh, uh, back in studio? That would be an amazing thing. I'm here to kind of wring Sal's arm because we've come to the conclusion that nobody can write for us like him. No um, we've had some people come up with stuff that <laughs> they feel, you, you know. They is, send it uh, to us and, and the three of us look at each other and be like, quite. Because no, it's got to be right. You know, you said it yourself. When you have a hit like Call Me, um, you can't just very well come out with just any old thing and expect to catch the ears of um, your fan base or try to garner new fans unless you have something that's going to really hit well. So, um, you know, we're going to continue to work toward that. And um, if it's we happens. if we get anything popping, we're going to let you know for sure, Scott. You'll yes. be the first to know. Oh, love to hear that. So um, I really appreciate the time. I, I want to do it justice, and I want to have your full story because it's so rich and so important, and I want to get it right. So thank you for taking the time. Um, I have a couple more questions. 
hope uh, I want to ask before I let you go. And one is, you know, through all of this, all of this that we talked about, what have you found the most rewarding or fulfilling of your career in the music business? Wow. Um, so <laughs> he's got he's thinking. He's thinking. So um, I think for me, it was um, always wanting to see my name up in lights. And um, we did it. So, I mean, it's like, you know, and, and from singing in high school and always wanting to be on stage and this and that and this and that. And, and having done that, um, there's not too many things left on my bucket list. Overall, for me, it's it's been going going through a sort of 15 plus year experience with all of these people. <laughs> going everywhere, doing everything. Yeah. And that's a life that I wouldn't change. I'd do it all over again, starting tomorrow, if I was as young as I was. I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so y'all look great, so. I say the same thing. I don't think it, our, our lives as Sky would have been as good as it was if we would not have been working with Solomon Roberts and the guys. And the guys. Yeah. It's very Life true. Changing. We, um, you know, we, again, it's just this, this love, love thing we have going on for them. And coming here, you know, uh, how, how am I going to put this without bursting into tears? <laughs> we had kind of not seen Saul for quite some time. Um, and um, we, we had to come around to the place to say, you know what, we, we've got to look at each other's face again. Uh, we've kept in touch with Butch pretty much. We always had each other's phone number. We, you know, we've talked over the years. I, I've talked a lot with Randy as well. Um, and again, they've always been very supportive. But um, it is nothing like sitting around with each other and getting yeah. in proximity to one another. And that's what I think going forward, we're going to kind of reinforce even more. You know what I mean? Because when I first came to Saul's house a couple of months ago, I said, I didn't realize how much I missed his voice. Yeah. Just talking. Just yeah, hearing it. She talk. said it. That is and, exactly isn't that what, what I said, said to you? Yeah. I said, you know what? I did not realize how much I missed just hearing Tall Talk. Even though some of the stuff he was saying, <laughs> he didn't really want to hear. But but that means so much. And the familiarity had not changed. It right. was as if we had not oh, missed yeah, one second. Right, because this is the first time Bonnie and Dolores have been here. You know, to to spend time with Saul, so and it was like we just saw each other yesterday, yeah. right? And I mean, you know, day before yesterday, it was like nothing had really changed. You know what I'm saying? We got we've gotten older, but it's like I have my sisters. Back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen my sisters in so long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, well, I'm so glad I can share in that with you guys. Um, do you have any advice for young singers and musicians starting out today? Any words of wisdom that you want to impart the business. all i could say is work with people who love it the same way that you do i just find the business today so different uh and a lot of the stuff that i think that's being churned out is not quality and i just would hope that um, young people's, and I think everybody's kind of speaking from their own experiences and their own perspectives. And, you know, we live in a world where everybody got to keep it 100. 
Um, <laughs> isn't that true? Yeah. yeah. They got to keep it 100. And sadly, for some folks, 100 is not like the greatest representation of things in society. And in order for us to move forward as a society, I think people have to have better experiences to relate. So I'm hoping that the next generation of people who are deciding to do music are going to um, you know, promote better themes, better ideas, more progressive thoughts, because anybody can get into the business now. Yeah. It's not like it used to be with us, mm -hmm. where you had to run around like Saul did, shop that record for <laughs> three years, well, a year and a half or however long it was. Uh, we want the band, we want the girls. We want everybody, you know, you don't have to do all that now. You can just put that mess on SoundCloud and, and away you go. go. Um, so it's a lot easier for them to get into the business because there's so much more things available to them, social media and what have you. But I just pray for better quality mm -hmm. in terms of subject matter and um, themes. And that's that's what I would ask of. I, I guess I'm not even giving advice. I'm begging and asking those out there to you know to do something positive. Fair enough. Uh, makes sense to me. Um, so. How can uh, folks best keep up with everything that you're doing? Okay, so first line of communication would be through our manager, Austin Kwame Wilkinson. Um, he uh, can be reached at 347 645 You can also reach us through my email, L-A-D-Y-S-K-Y-Y-2 at yahoo.com. We also have a Facebook page, Ladies of Sky, and we also have an Instagram page, which is the official Ladies of Sky on Instagram. And I think we have a Twitter too, but I can share that with you later because I have no idea what it is. Wow, sounds like you get all the bases covered. Very cool. Hi. Any any uh, final parting words for, for your fans? Um, we just want to say to all our fans and all our friends, Thank you so much for still supporting Sky Music, and certainly thank you for still supporting Ladies of Sky. Yeah, I I, I think that says it all, actually. That's it. That's, That's, it. It. That's it. That's it. Well, hey, look, uh, it's been so much fun spending this time with all of you. I thank you so much. Love to keep, I could chat with you forever. I feel like I'm almost <laughs> at home. I'm at home with you guys in the kitchen there. Thank you. Thanks, so uh, thank you to the wonderful members of the mighty sky all good things must come to a close and so thank you again for all your your stories and best of best of continued luck and success thank you we, we will keep you posted scott on everything sky wow was that a blast or what i certainly enjoyed it i hope you did too with that it's time to wrap up this edition of truth and rhythm a huge thanks to my special guests, the amazing Dunning sisters, Denise, Bonnie, and Dolores, and also Mr. Solomon Roberts, Jr., all original core members of the Brooklyn Funk R&B Dance Music Legends Sky. Also, sincere thank you to you, the viewers, and to our listeners on the podcast side. Be sure to look out for upcoming Truth and Rhythm episodes and catch up with previous installments at funkinstuff.net, YouTube, iTunes, and other leading podcast providers. Please subscribe on YouTube. We need your support. Show us how much you love these artists and the funk and what we're doing at Truth and Rhythm. Please subscribe at YouTube. At YouTube, pass it along. We need that support and appreciate it. Keep the funk alive. So until next time, as always, this is Scott Dr. Jukes, qualifying saying, 
keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.